Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We had a good week? Good. Don't panic. I'm going to keep it short this morning because I am aware of how warm it is. And I've got a very, very practical message uh, this morning. As has been mentioned, we're going to continue with the mini-series that we started last week, The Power of Connection. And as the guys demonstrated, we did talk about connecting in. And I answered the burning question in everybody's mind, and that question was, what does Lego or Lego, however you want to pronounce it, and human beings have in common? And I want to thank you for the feedback and people telling me they had the best night's sleep on Sunday night because that question had been answered. They're like, you know, that has kept me awake for years. But um, what I said last week was that Lego and human beings, what we have in common is we've been designed to connect. We uh, have not been designed to do life alone. In fact, this kind of Lego block really on its own is kind of pointless. I said that possibly it could be a choking hazard for an infant or a young child, uh, a very mild form of torture, and if anyone's ever trodden on a Lego brick with bare feet, you'd understand that. But really by itself, um, the Lego brick doesn't really have too much to offer us. The power of the Lego brick is in its connection. And I had in front of me my nine-year-old daughter's uh, Magic Elf Kingdom treehouse that she had built, and I'd said, you know what, what you saw before you, the masterpiece you saw before you was made up of these. And these by themselves look insignificant, but when they're functioning in the way that they're designed, then we come up with wonderful masterpieces like that. And so uh, that was, we talked about the power of connecting out uh, in. And I was saying to us that having access to people doesn't mean connection. And I brought it out again today because I just wanted to really hit home the point. I just said, in this box are hundreds of pieces of Lego, all individual, all rubbing shoulders, bumping into one another, having contact, but in this box there's no connection. You cannot see in this box the Fairy Elf Kingdom treehouse that we saw last week. It's actually in there. But you can't see it because they're just having contact, not having connection. And so we just talked about the fact that we've been designed to have connection. We've been made in the image of God. God is a connected God. He has made us to be connected. And he said it wasn't good for us to be alone. And then I just shared a couple of um, downfalls of isolation. And did anyone have a banana this week? Did you take the one that was not on the bunch? Yes, you did. For those of you who weren't here, I said a mum joke and nobody laughed, but I said, you know what, it's the banana that's not on the bunch that gets peeled and eaten. And I had a banana, I've had a banana almost every day this week for breakfast, and I have to tell you that's true, because my first re- initial reaction is to go for the loose banana. I don't want to pick the bunch up and break it off, I go for the loose one. So it's the loose banana that gets peeled and eaten, and really the crux of the message was don't be a banana, all right? So, um, and then I just talked about um, connecting in and the ben- how we facilitate that here at church and um, the benefits and the things that I've learned from Connect Group and connecting in. So I just want to encourage you, if you weren't here or perhaps you were uh, here, 
On our website, you can download all our messages. You can go to iTunes. It's just a great opportunity to remind us when life gets on top of us and we're doing things and it gets all too hard, just to remind us of the benefits of connecting in. We've been created to connect. We've been designed to connect. We've been made in the image of God. God is a God who connects, and we need to connect in. All right, and so this morning, I want to continue our um, series but I've entitled this morning series Connecting Out, all right? Because once we've had the revelation that we are designed and created to connect in, it's our responsibility and job to help others have that same revelation. We need to help let them understand that they need to be connected to others. But more importantly, not only do they need to be connected to others, and I love hearing uh, what Rick was saying, Not only are they connected to one another, they have to be connected to God. And so that's what I want to speak about uh, this morning, about how we can connect out. Now, the Collins Dictionary says this, connection is to be linked or to link, to bond, to have relationship or have association with. And, And you don't, I'm not telling you anything new this morning, but we would be aware that we live in a society that really is disconnected. And it's kind of a conundrum because there's so many ways now with technology in terms of how we can connect. I mean, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's all these different apps that we can have the perception of connection, but it's not connection, it's actually just contact. And as I explained and laboured last week, it's not about contact, it's about connection. And because of that... um, deception or thought, a prevailing thought that we are connected and we're really only having contact, it results in loneliness. And loneliness actually isn't a bad thing. Loneliness is kind of like pain. Do you know pain is our friend? Pain tells us that something's wrong. We've been designed and we work a certain way. And when we have pain, it's the body's way of saying, something's not right here, we need to get looking into that. And it's the same with loneliness. If you're experiencing loneliness, God is using that for us to have a look at ourselves to say, okay, where are the areas in my life I don't have connection because loneliness is not of God. I've been created to connect. But if I'm experiencing loneliness, there's something wrong in my connection. And we see that throughout society all the time. We're seeing poor links. We're seeing poor relationships, poor associations, and poor bonds. And our job as a believer, once we understand and know Jesus is to bring others into that same truth. In fact, Jesus, when he, before he left the disciples and went back to be with the Father, the Great Commission is what he left the disciples. He said in Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples, baptising them in my name. So he's, he, God is te- or Jesus was telling us that not only are we to be connected, we're to be connected. Tours. And so I just want to share just some uh, really good but practical tools that you and I can use and do so that we can be better connectors. And that's why I laboured the point last week about being connected in, because you want to be connected in, so that now we can be connected out. And I want to read you a story this morning of a man who I think is a very, was a very successful connector. So I'm going to read... This need to take a drink because it's a long story. All right, are you ready? I'm ready to hear teacher time. All right. On the afternoon of April 18, 1775, a young boy who worked at a livery stable in Boston overheard one British Army officer say to another something about there'll be hell to pay tomorrow. 
The stable boy ran with the news to Boston's North End, to the home of a silversmith named Paul Revere. Revere listened gravely. This was not the first rumour to come his way that day. Earlier, he'd been told of an unusual number of British officers gathered on Boston's Long Wharf, talking in low tones. British crewmen had been spotted scurrying about in the boats tethered beneath the HMS Somerset and the HMS Boyne in the Boston Harbour. Several other sailors had been seen on shore that morning, running what appeared to be last-minute errands. As the afternoon wore on, Revere and his close friend, Joseph Warren, became more and more convinced that the British were about to make the major move that had long been rumoured, to march to the town of Lexington, northwest of Boston, to arrest the colonial leaders, John Hancock and Samuel Adams, and then on to the town of Concord to seize the store of guns and ammunition that some of the local colonial militia had stored there. What happened next has become part of historical legend, a tale told to every American schoolchild. At 10 o'clock that night, Warren and Revere met. They decided they had to warn the communities surrounding Boston that the British were on their way so that local militia could be roused to meet them. Revere was spirited across Boston Harbour to the ferry landing at Charleston. He jumped on a horse and began his midnight ride to Lexington. In two hours, he'd covered 13 miles. In every town he passed through along the way, Charlestown, Medford, North Cambridge, Mentony, he knocked on the doors and spread the word, telling the local colonial leaders of the oncoming British and telling them to spread the word to others. Church bells started ringing, drums started beating, the news spread like a virus as those informed by Paul Revere sent out riders of their own until alarms were going off throughout the entire region. The word was in Lincoln, Massachusetts by 1am, in Sudbury by 3, in Andover, 40 miles northwest of Boston by 5am, and by 9am in the morning had reached as far as Ashbury near Worcester. When the British finally began their march toward Lexington on the morning of the 19th of April, their foray into the countryside was met to their utter astonishment with organised and fierce resistance. In Concord that day, the British were confronted and soundly beaten by the colonial militia, and from that exchange came the war known as the American Revolution. Who here has actually heard the name Paul Revere? We might not know and understand, but we've heard the name Paul Revere. Who here has heard the name William Dawes? Oh, yeah, because you were in the chapel service, (laughs) smarty pants. (laughs) Well, I hadn't heard the the name William Dawes, and so you don't need to feel bad, but let me tell you about William Dawes. At the same time that Revere began his ride north and west of Boston, a fellow revolutionary, a tanner by the name of William Dawes, set out on the same urgent errand, working his way to Lexington via the towns west of Boston. He was carrying the identical message through just as many towns over just as many miles as Paul Revere. But Dawes' ride didn't set the countryside afire. The local militia leaders weren't alerted. In fact, so few men from one of the main towns he rode through, Waltham, fought the following day that some subsequent historians concluded it must have been a strongly pro-British community. It wasn't. It's just that the people of Waltham didn't find out that the British were coming until it was too late. The question begs to be asked. Two men had two jobs of connecting people, and yet one 
did a better job. Same message, the British are coming. Same audience, the American people. But one of them seemed to set the country alight while the other one had a little measure of success. And I think that it begs the question for us to ask, why do we think Paul Revere was so successful in his connecting of people? And I, I, when I was looking at it, I thought, for me, there are two reasons that jumped out. And the first one is, I believe Paul Revere had a belief in people. He just believed, you know what, I've heard that this is happening, and I, I cannot sit by and just let this happen. His belief for his um, countrymen, his belief for his country, for the American way of life, his belief for his independence motivated him to say, you know, I need to do something about it. So one thing that set him apart was his belief for people. I think the second thing that set him apart was the belief of his message. He was so convinced of what this young boy had brought to him, so convinced that he rode all night, visited all these towns. Not only did he do that, he convinced others of the validity of his message. And I say that to say this, we're going to be talking about how we connect out. We've understood the importance that we are created to connect in, we've been designed and we only really function the way we've been designed when we're connecting in and now our job and responsibility is to connect out and bring others into that same truth and revelation. But I need to say this, it has to be, it has to be on the foundation of we believe in people and we believe in our message. Paul Revere believed in people and he believed in his message. And I just thought it would be good if I could just share some practical things that we can do that will help us in our connecting out. Because we've already established that that is part of our role and responsibility of being a believer. God has said, go into all the world and make connections. He said, I've not only designed you to connect, I've designed you to be a connector. And we want to do it this morning on that foundation that people are worth connecting that my message, I've got a message that's worth connecting people to. And in case you're not sure what that message is, that message is the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for every human being. All right, so that's the foundation of which I want to share these practical tips this morning. All right, so I've just called them the L's of connecting out because they all start with L. <laughs> it's like, I know, it's really deep, but it is hot, so. All right, so the L's of connecting out, and the first L of connecting out is love. If you want to be successful in sharing your faith and letting others understand that they have been designed for connection, they need to connect to one another, but most importantly, they need to connect to their Heavenly Father, then it has to come out of a motivation of love. And I'm not talking just any old love, because all of us have a measure of love. I've got three children. Well, I should correct that. We have three children. And, you know, I do things for my kids that I wouldn't do for anyone else, because there's a measure of love. For example, last Saturday, Mitchie played basketball, and we have to go on a scoring rotation for basketball. You know you need a PhD to do scoring for basketball? I stress for weeks knowing my scoring rotation has come out. Last Saturday, I had to score for basketball. I don't know how well Mitchie played. I can't even watch the game. I'm so busy with this sheet and the woman next to me making sure my match is her. I mean, netball 
Easy. Goal, centre pass. Goal, centre pass. Goal, centre pass. Or in the case of my nine-year-old, someone score a goal, please. <laughs> someone. <laughs> but basketball, basketball, you've got to know. Okay, they called a foul. Who the foul is? How many? You've got to let the umpire know when there's so many team fouls. You've got to um, mark off who the foul is because when they get to a certain, they've got to be subbed out. Then when someone gets a shot, it's whether it's a square or a circle, and then they get it. And the ref the whole time is yelling at you, four, two, three, seven. I had no idea until last week. I thought, who's 37? But he was telling me, no, other way around, 73. I'm like, who's 73? But he's saying, no, number seven, he's got three shots. I'm like, I didn't get it. So I hate Scoring. Hate it. And then I'm telling Phil Jones last week, and he and Cherie says, Oh, no, I really enjoy it. And she goes, And when you do districts, it's even, I'm like, Pfft. I just, I just thank God every time I've had to score, it's been a whitewashed game. If it was close, oh, I'd be a not right off. I just could. And then you have to do the electronic thing. I just, I, as soon as I walk up, I just say to the lady, Do you know how to use that? If she says yes, I say, Good, it's yours. Because I ain't touching that. I can't do this, let alone all that. Now, I will put myself under immense pressure for my son because I love him. But you know what? We're designed to be connectors, and we can't just connect those we love. We're here to connect everybody. The word was not uh, go into the parts of the world that you feel comfortable, the people you feel comfortable. It was go into all the world and teach the gospel. Go into all the world and connect them. And so we have to start with a love. We've got to do the love of Romans 5 verse 5. It says, God has poured out his love into our hearts. And if we want to be successful in our connection, we can't just rely on our love. We've got to ask God, help me with your love so that I can go beyond myself and make connections. I, mean, I can't imagine it was really convenient for Paul Revere to get on his bike his bike, get on his horse and ride all those miles across and let all those town know. I can't think of if he's been sitting there going, oh, I've been waiting for this opportunity. He was waiting for this opportunity, but not for the reasons we think. And so he was able to, because of his love for his way of life, for the love of his family and the love of the American people and his independence, he put himself aside so that he could make a difference. And if we want to connect and if we want to share our faith and talk with our friends and family and bring them into the freedom and the faith and the belief and the hope that we have, then we need to have a love for people. Not just our love that will get us so far, but we need to have God's love. And I just want to encourage you. If you're here this morning and you go, you know what, I will do so much but there are some things, and I get it, there are some things that are hard. we just got to be honest with God and say, you know what, Lord, I don't have that love. I'm happy with a certain group. I'm happy with certain boundaries. I'm happy to help with my family. But God is calling us, will you step beyond that? And for some of us to say yes to that, we have to be honest and say, actually, I've been struggling or fighting with you on that. And we just got to say, you know what, let's just ask God this morning. Matthew 7 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. If you are struggling to have a love that will take you beyond your sphere, ask God this morning. Won't you give me? We just heard from um, Rick. Just he had connections. He was lonely. He made the wrong connections. He's found himself in a connect group and he's been astounded by the love of God manifest through people. Every one of us have opportunity to do that 
every day with people beyond our borders, but we won't do it in the, our love, we'll do it in the love of God. So the first L is love, the second L is look. We need to constantly be looking for opportunities. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not there. Yesterday, I pulled change lanes to hear, I was like, oh, blind spot. Just because I didn't see them didn't mean they weren't there. They let me know that they were there. And there are opportunities around for you and I all the time. We just have to start having a look and and an attitude and an adoption of an attitude that is looking for those opportunities. Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16 says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. There are opportunities everywhere for us to be able to make connections with people outside of our sphere and influence. The trick is, are we looking for them? Are we looking for opportunities? And just last Sunday, I finished the service in here and working the cafe, I was getting ready to go and there was really just Andre and Ash and myself and I think some of the Connect Group leaders. And I, I walked out of the offices, got into my car, reversed my car and as I went to drive off, I saw a man had been sitting in the car and he got out of the car. So I just drove up to him, wound my window down, and I said, can I help you? And he said to me, I'm okay. He said, I was driving along, and I started to experience a panic attack. So I saw this church building, and I just drove in. He said, I've just just got to walk and calm down. So I said to him, can I ring anybody? Is there anybody I can contact, anything I can do for you? He said, no, 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 no. I'll be fine. I just need to calm down. I just need to calm down. So I said to him, can I get you anything? Can I get you a drink? Can I? And he said, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Some, I just need some water. So I left my keys in the car, door wide open, kids in the car. I mean, pretty much an invitation saying, take. <laughs> Came running back into the building, found Ash, <clears throat> grabbed this man a bottle of water. By that stage, Andre had been driven over to the man. And Andre had the opportunity just to share about his circumstances, what he's walked through this last couple of seasons. They really connected. I gave the man the water and left him with... Andre and Ash, and then what happened was um, Andre drove the man home, Ash drove the man's car home. Opportunities are everywhere. We just got to be looking for them. And you know how easy it is to roll, to reverse out of a car park and go, oh, that's just somebody leaving church. Because again, as we've said, as our church has got bigger, we've had to get smaller because I can't know all 2,000 people. I'd love to, and I'm getting there, but I don't say he could have just been one of our parishioners who was leaving for the day. But the problem is when you understand that you're designed to connect and be a connect door, you're looking for things. And something went off that just went, that's not, that's not normal, so follow that up. And it was simple and easy, but you know what? We had an opportunity to connect with a man, provide an opportunity, said to the boys, I'm going to come back and visit you guys someday. I don't know when, but all I do know is because we were looking for an opportunity, we had an opportunity, we've got an opportunity to connect this man somewhere, somehow. Paul Revere was looking, he was watching, and he seized the opportunity. I love the fact too in that Paul Revere was in his workplace, so before you say to me, well, that's cool, I don't really have the time, I'm busy, I'm a mum, I'm a student, I work, I'm saying Paul was in his workshop doing what it is he's called to do, but he was looking. So when the little boy came to him, the stable guy, he didn't go, oh, that's a new revelation. Now I have to sit down and watch and see what's going on. And then when I'm convinced of my own, he'd already been looking. 
He'd already been seeing, he said, hey, that makes sense now. That's all adding up. And he was ready to go. That's how we have to approach this. I've been designed to connect. I've been designed to connect people. I need to be living on a front foot, constantly on the lookout, looking for opportunities, saying, okay, where can I go? What can I do? If you have this attitude in your heart, you won't go to the shops or to school or to the workplace or to your social event or to your sporting club the same way ever again. You'll go looking. I'm looking for somebody who's looking for an opportunity. I'm looking for someone who's having a panic attack. I'm looking for someone who looks down. I'm looking for someone who looks up, but that I can just introduce myself. I'm looking. I was saying, with Tony being away, um, I've been going to, I've had to take the kids with me to Woolies shopping. And we went one day and we did the shopping and this guy put, it, uh, put our stuff through in the um, checkout. And my kids always get a loose bread roll. So don't panic. They've usually eaten it by the time I get to the check out, but I always get one of those plastic bags and tie it around my finger like a reminder, so when I get there, I remember to pay for it. So I said to the guy, two less bread rolls, have a bit of a chat, off we go. The next day, I had to go back to the shops, so guess what I did? That's the guy from yesterday, I'm going to this. And that's a really telling thing for me, because he wasn't very fast. <laughs> and there's nothing worse to a woman when you're putting your stuff on, like, dude, let's, can we swap? Because I reckon I can get it quicker. That's why I generally... I go to self-checkout, but God's convicted me on that because you can't connect with a self-checkout, all right? And that's a little thing about shopping online, but I'll leave that one, all right? But, so I went back to the same guy. So he says, he sees my kids, he goes, what, no loose bread rolls today? So they go, actually, we've eaten them, so yeah, you can put them down. So the third day, I say to Mitch, oh, I've got to go to the shop, so I'll just run and go. Mitch, he says, oh, don't go see that guy. You'll think you're always here. And I said, dude, that's exactly where I'm going. I said, I'm going because it's about connection. I'm looking. I may never get an opportunity, but I don't know. When you're looking, those opportunities present. That's how we're supposed to be. I'm designed to be a connector, and so I'm constantly on the lookout for opportunities to connect. All right? So the second L is look. The third L is link. We need to bring people into our world. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the field God has assigned to us, a field that reaches even to you. You have to understand you have a world. We hear that go into all the world and we either do one of two things. We think, oh, well, then I've got to go um, and be some sort of missionary in some remote place. Or we say, well, that lets me off the hook because I can't go and be a missionary in some remote place. It, neither. It's about the fact that you have a world. You have a sphere of influence in which you post, Woolies at Golden Grove is my sphere of influence. It seems like I'm there all the time, so I might as well make it work for me. You've got a school, you've got a workplace, you've got a sporting club, you have a sphere of influence, you have a world and you've got to go to that world with love in your heart, looking for opportunities and then starting to link your friends from out there to your friends from in here. Paul Revere linked the American militia. It says on that when the battle came, when the British walked on that day, they were confronted with a, a force and a wall of army men, a militia that had been linked. Not just individuals doing their own thing, but purposeful together saying, this is where we defend our independence, this is where we're defending our country, this is where we are defending our women and children and our lives. We've got to link people. Remember, we are talking about how we connect people. We need to link people like a chain. And here's the challenge. You've got to link people into your chain. 
And when I say chain, it's not about just a long chain. Have you ever seen a spider web? And it's got round and then there's bits and pieces going off. So it helps us to think link of a chain. I want to bring people, but links can have all sorts of chains coming off them. And the challenge is most of us are too insecure to link people to our friends. And here's why. Because what if they make a better friendship with them than they do with me? So we could, if we're talking about I've been designed to connect and I need, I've been designed to be a connector, I need to deal with the things that stop me doing that. And insecurity is a big one. Well, what if I connect Jane to Julie and Jane and Julie develop a better friendship than Julie and I or Jane and I? I say, good. And I'm also going to tell you that will happen. It's happened to me. People I've brought in, they were my friends and I've made the connections, I've spent time with them, I bring them in, I link them because that's what I'm supposed to do. I link them to my friends and then before you know it, it's like, hello, <laughs> me. <laughs> oh. But you know what? That's what I'm designed to do. Because here's what also has happened to me. Somebody else has brought somebody in and their friend, they've connected them to me and guess what? Me and thee have become a really good friendship and they could have that feeling of, oh. So we're linking. What are we? What? Don't you have that feeling? <laughs> but you know what? When you deal with the insecurity, you won't have that because you'll understand, you know what? I'm doing my job and my purpose. And I've just linked them together and they've got a great friendship. So you know what? God, you can do the same for me. And my friendship may look different now than what it did, but I'm big enough to have other friends and bigger friends and the same as them. But if we're all doing our job and linking people in, because, I mean, it's not much of a colonial militia if it was just Paul Revere and one buddy. It's like, no, they linked people. He's told them what to do. He said, now go and get your contacts and bring them in. And then together, there's no record that he fought with those guys there. I don't know where he fought. But I'm just saying he linked them and brought them in. So the third L is linking people. Ask God to help you with the things that would stop you opening up your circle. You've got a great circle, great friendships. But you know, well, wouldn't someone be blessed by being part of that rather than you thinking, well, they might mess with my mojo? Let them mess with your mojo because you know what? They might be better for it. And guess what? They might bring something to you that will be better for you. So link people in. Fourthly, what Paul Revere did is he led. You know, we've just got to come to terms with it. We lead this. We're leaders for a reason. It's not like Paul could delegate the connection. You cannot delegate connection. You actually have to lead the way. You need to be the one who initiates it. You need to be the one who's the mastermind behind it, making it look like it's organic, but it's not. It's actually purposeful and planned. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You can't be telling people the importance of being connected if you're not connected yourself. You can't be telling people that we need to go and make disciples and we need to connect out if you're not doing it yourself. You need to be leading by example. Paul didn't tell the young stable boy, you go off and do it, or even his partner. He went and did it himself. He understood if this is going to be done right, then I need to do, show the way. He went to the houses, he knocked on the doors, he motivated them to do what? To do what he was doing. When we're talking about how we become good at connecting out, we need to lead the way. He's going to say, this is what I'm going to do. One, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the things I used to really struggle with is, why is it always me who has to initiate anything? If I want to go out somewhere, I've got a ring. If I want to do this, I've got a ring. If I want to do this, I, and I just felt God say, because you, you need to lead. 
you're wanting to bring these people in and connect them, you know what? Resolve in yourself, you'll do it forever. And this is what I've learned. Once I've settled that, I'm just going to do this always, it starts to happen spontaneously. And some of these people I've brought in, they start to lead. So now I'm not the one always, well, it's always me, and if I want to do something, you know what, I've got friends now who they do it. Hey, Kath, we're going to do this. And then so when I've been strategic and when I've thought about people and how do I link them, I've just led the way. So I stand on the door on a Sunday after church. I love meeting new people. It's an opportunity to say hello. But there are people in this room who know this is what I've done to you. A quick conversation, you've mentioned, oh, I'm a nurse. I go, really? I know some nurses. Come with me. And I've brought them in and I've, connect, I've linked them to people who have the same uh, type because I know that they'll connect well. But you know what? I've led that. I haven't just said to them, oh, you know, we've got some great nurses. Why don't you go in there and find them? It's like, yeah, that's like finding a needle in a haystack. Oh, I know. You just cut yourself and bleed out and then, oh, there's the nurse. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but I've had to lead. I've had to say, come with me. I'm going to connect you because I know someone who you really hit it off. That's what we do. We just go say, you know what? My, I'm designed to connect people and the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to lead the way. Resolve to my, I'm going to make the barbecues. I'm going to have the phone calls. I'm going to get the people I want. I'm going to get some of my Christian friends and some of those friends that aren't Christians yet, but I know that they'll meet and I'm going to lead by having them in. And then I'm going to lead the conversation and then I'm going to lead how we connect and what we do and it's going to feel like it's just natural and flowing, but all the way I've been behind manipulating the conversation. Why? Because I'm designed to be a connector and I want to see them connect because if they're not connected, they're not uh, functioning in the way that they've been designed. So fourthly was to lead. And as the band come up this morning, the fifth L for connecting out is that you leave. It says, finally, you need to leave. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 15 to 16 says this, our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will be greatly expanded so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Paul Revere didn't get to the first town and then the first town said, that's a great plan. Now stay here with me and help me enact it out. Because if that had happened, it wouldn't be the American Revolution. It would have been the British walkover. But he said, you know what? I've done my part here. Now I've equipped you. I've led you. I've shown you what to do. I've initiated. I've linked you together. You now go and do what you need to do. And I need to leave to get to the next town. He also didn't get there and say, well, you know what? I did the first town. There's my job. I'm done. It's a picture to us that we have, this is ongoingly. We don't just connect once. And we don't just connect to one group. We constantly and continually connect. And that's why linking is so important because it's not like we go, I've brought you into my circle now, see you later, I'm off. It's like I've linked you. And again, like that spider web, our link, our chains are going everywhere. Our links are everywhere. So not only are you linked to me, but I've linked you to these guys. And then you are going to bring some people in and, and bring them into our spider web. And bring them into our link. But it's about, I've eventually got to leave. I can't just go, I've got my one. It's about, I've done what's needed. And then I go on to the next town. And then I go on to the next town. Because like I said, it wouldn't have been much of a resistance if he'd stayed in one town. It would have been the British walkover. Our job is not done until our race is run. And I know that we have different seasons. You can be single you can be married, no kids. You can be in the 
throes of motherhood and everything's changing or you can be in retirement, empty nesters. Our seasons are different, but we always have to be connecting. I think as our season changes, it just means that our sphere of influence changes. When our kids started school, we had a whole new world open up to us. When they joined sporting groups, a whole new world opened up to us. When you have finished work and you retired, a whole new world opens up to you. It's not about, oh, I've done my job, I'll leave it to the youngies now. It's about, no, I can still connect people in. I'm going to bring them, link them in, and then I'm going to leave for the next one. Whatever or wherever we find ourselves in life, we should always be connecting. Connection is all about linking, bonding, and relating. And I said last week, the importance of connecting in is because we've been made in the image of God and we need to connect in. That's the way we've been designed. It's the way we function. It's when we connect in that it brings greater meaning and purpose to our life. Once we've connected in, then the revelation is, you know what? We have an opportunity. We've been left on this earth to bring people on the journey with us. And the way we do that is by connecting out so that we can bring people in. And I'm trusting that what I've shared this morning actually is really simple. That you're probably sitting there going, well, that was really, yeah. But the point is that it's supposed to be, because we're supposed to look at it and go, actually, you know what? I can do that. It's not that hard. Believe in people. Life is good. People are beautiful. And God is great. And because I believe in people, And I believe in a God who's in heaven, who loves me and who loves humanity. I want to introduce people to this God that I know. I want people to have the life that I have. Not a perfect life, not an easy life, but a life connected to the life source. And my prayer this morning is that you can look at those five L's and go, you know what? I can do that. I can ask God to give me a love for people beyond just love I can ask God to help me look. I want to go to the shops different. I want to go to the school different. I want to go to work different. I want to be looking. I can ask God to help me to link. Give me skills and strategies that I can link people in, connecting people together. You can ask God to help you to lead. You know what, Lord? I want to get over myself thinking it's all about me and people should be wanting to connect with me and I'm just going to take the initiative and take the lead. And If it's going to be, it's up to me. I'm going to do that. And then finally, Lord, help me to keep on keeping on, to lead and then to leave, to go on to the next one, the next connection. Always be on the lookout for what's coming next. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 